everyone and welcome to another episode of the Making Sense podcast. This is a very, very special episode. It is indeed. This is Sam here. And Kalisha here. Hi guys, I'm Lorraine Wright. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you guys said hi, I'm Sam. Yeah. So why can't I say they, hi, I'm Because Lorraine. they know us. I have my surname us. even as well. <laughs> yes, so. that's true. Um, okay, so obviously the listeners will understand. They'll get a bit of more context context about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But we are doing a very special two-part episode. Women's only episode. Yes. And um, just because it's a women's episode doesn't mean the men should, shouldn't listen. listen yeah. Because I think anybody could take some information that we're going to be talking about away so yeah yeah we just thought it would be nice for so we've noticed that we've got a lot of young lady followers and um when me and Kalisha done an event recently we had a lot of questions from the young ladies and we thought it'd be nice to just for them to see one episode or two of just women speaking to them speaking about their experiences in the financial world speaking about everyday world personally as well work what they do for work how they've climbed up the ladder entrepreneurship that's where Lorraine comes in (laughs) and um yeah so we're gonna we're gonna go from there before we do that we always have to do our famous disclaimer you know (laughs) so please always remember we are not registered advisors so just do your research yeah that's it that's it (laughs) don't do your research don't hold us accountable for anything do your research before you make any financial decisions so Lorraine, mm-hmm. do you want to reintroduce yourself? Tell us what you do. Tell us everything. everything. I've got a yes. list. I've got a oh, list wow. right here, but I want you to <laughs> <laughs> tell us everything that you do. Uh, so I'm Lorraine. Um, my day job, I work for an investment bank, um, but I work in a IT remit. So I um, run the digital platforms that support um, the investment banks. Uh, social impact efforts. So the the investment bank is trying to position itself to be um, a bank that is um, closely aligned to societal giving. Um, So there's a foundation that the bank has raised and where clients um, give to charities. So I support the digital platforms that, or I run the digital platforms that that facilitate our social giving and social impact work and social effort. Um, That's my day job. Outside of my day job, there's a a lot of different things going on. I run <laughs> a international competition called University Gospel Choir of the Year. That's mm-hmm. been operating for eight years now. Oh, wow. um, that takes place in the UK and in Ghana. Nice. Um, I run a talent agency, which essentially supplies backing vocalists and backing choirs to shows like X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, The Voice, etc. Um, and I also run a startup, a music tech platform called Voxstar, which is kind of trying to disrupt the X Factor, but we're combining a fintech as- aspect to mm. that. So looking at how we can support emerging talents uh, from a, a financial standpoint and looking at, you know, using music talent as an alternative asset. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are the things I do. Wow. A number of other things, but um, those are the core things. I love that she's like, yeah, yeah those, those are the things Yeah, you say do. it so casually. <laughs> but how do you even have time? How do you even how have you time to come in? here today? Yeah. Uh, I sacrificed my ju- my my... <laughs> My, my gym session oh, oh, I like, messaged my trainer And I was like Oh yeah I can't make it to She's like oh, Okay fine but, Yeah Now we appreciate it a lot We just thought that It would be so nice To showcase um, Being an entrepreneur Doing so much And just stepping away From really the young. norm Because yeah. I think Although we've come a long way I do think, still think There's the idea that we still got long to go Yeah well we oh. do But we're, we're getting there I feel like we're making steps But I think people need to Understand that there's so many avenues you can go down in your career. And I do feel like some people don't feel like they can get to a to certain that point. Level, yeah. Because you mentioned that you work in investment banking, but you didn't say your position. Yeah. I was about to in, say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, not exact position, but what level the, the, that you've got the, to. Just the, yeah, the title. Um, well, I'm a director. <laughs> <laughs> why, do, why, why was she so apprehensive yeah. to say that? You should be proud. Because uh, that to me is like, it's past now. It's like, now what's the next step to yeah. me? Like, but I feel like there's so many people that maybe in their firms don't feel like they're going to get there. Oh, no, you can almost get, you can definitely get there. I think a lot of people think that it's, they're it's gonna not attainable. Get, yeah, yeah, it's like if there's a glass ceiling, you're going to get as high as you can. But those kind of things are just not within reach. And I'm looking forward to us discussing that because that's a quite an interesting area. I think it's achievable. There's just certain strategies that I think people need to you know be open to yeah in order to be able to get yeah that. okay well we definitely want to hear about all of those Excellent. so we have got a number of questions um where should we start sam <laughs> should we start with should we start with talking about how you got to direct a level of your yeah your company and what advice you'd give to people to get there because mm-hmm. 
from what you've just said, it sounds like just li- simply going to work, doing what you've got to do, leaving at five. Maybe that's not enough. So let us know what you need to do. Yeah. Okay. So I can I can I can work myself. I can work backwards because I think you yes, mentioned. Please earlier on about how do I get the time to do it as well yeah. now I've actually I work part-time now oh so I, I, I took this, <laughs> the dream yeah, I, I I'm actually quite happy yeah so I I now work well part-time four day I work for four days a week mm. okay and I spend two days working from home as well oh, God. so um, look at God that's <laughs> telling, I'm telling you I'm I'm so thankful so thankful but that's just to put it into context in terms of now but to get there it took it's taken you know eight years for me yeah. to be able to negotiate something like that um so I started just to take you back um I started um I left university oh, I feel so old um I don't think you're older than me they, no, no, no I don't think so so <laughs> listen to that people she's the director of her company and she's no. the youngest in the room <laughs> I feel so old. no um but let me let me be transparent and clear when when you're a director it's a position in in the bank but it doesn't mean you're the only one there yeah. are several ones yeah. there as well um well several there's loads um but okay so work backwards so I I was working initially for a management consultancy company so when I left university I worked for Accenture um mm. as a manager as a analyst initially and then moved to being a management consultant um, and at the time when you're working for management consultancy companies you typically get placed with a client and the client that I was working with happened to be UBS the bank that okay I'm so um, sometimes a lot of people that don't have finance backgrounds I always advise them try go through a management consultancy company because it's a bit more of a generic type mm. entry point so mm. whether you work for KPMG or PwC or a Deloitte or mm. Ernest & Young mm. or Accenture I feel like if you don't have, if you're always wanting to, if you're dreaming to be working for an investment bank, but you don't necessarily come from a finance background, yeah. sometimes that might be an alternative route to enter into into that area. And I've seen it so many times. People that have worked for me yeah. that have come from a consultancy company, I see what they're doing and they hire them internally yeah. within the bank. So it's mm. an alternative route. Okay. Um, so I worked for Accenture. We were doing um, typical like project management implementations. Mm. Uh, so UBS would hire a consultancy firm to come in and help them implement a new solution or new system or something like that. Okay. So I was um, on client site. So I was on UBS site mm. um, with the client. Um, so they know how you work. Exactly. And then, yeah. you know, after about a year or so, my boss at the client site, so UBS said, why don't you come and work for us? You know, why don't you work internally? Mm. And at the time, what I was earning at Accenture, they were basically doubling it. Oh. And to me, that was a no-brainer. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I was two years in after uni and to get double, what I was like, <laughs> That's a course, dream. Yeah, yeah. You know? So um, I, I, I jumped at the chance um, to the dismay of some of my people at Accenture. They weren't happy. Uh, but I dumped, course, jumped at the chance. Because they knew what it was losing. That's yeah. why. <laughs> well, we'll see. But, um, and then worked, started working at UBS. Um, I spent um, a couple of years working in London. And then all of a sudden, one of my bosses then said, um, we want you to go and work out in, in Zurich. So the project happened to be co um, there, was, there was team members working both in Switzerland and in London on the project that I was working on, mm. but it was very heavily Swiss focused. Okay. And my manager said it probably makes more sense for you to be located in Switzerland. And initially, I was like, I'm not moving to Switzerland. Where am I going to get my hair done? Yeah. Where am I, how am I going to see my friends? Like all of that. Yeah, you know. it's just different. And I pull it off. I rejected the opportunity so many times, mm. and to the point where they asked again and. Um, if it wasn't me saying yes to that decision, I wouldn't have been made or promoted to director. Okay. So it was only me living out in Switzerland that allowed me to be out of my comfort zone. Yeah. 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 And then, um, you know, small things that you learn when you're in Switzerland, you're playing, not, I don't want to say this, but you're playing a game. Yeah. And by playing a game, you are, I don't want to say conforming, but you're learning how other people you know, are doing it and you're trying mm. to emulate them in the best possible way. So small things in Switzerland, when you get into a lift, 
Not like London. When you get into a lift, you are making a conversation in a lift. Yeah. Oh, okay. You learn okay. those stuff. You yeah. learn those cultural differences to what you have in the UK. And it puts you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But you're learning a new skill. So for me to get into a lift now in London and not say anything, it's actually it's awkward. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you weird know, but when you're in Switzerland and you're like, like grutzy or like, yeah. you know, whatever you'll say in the lift to someone. Yeah. Again, that could be a boss that you might potentially work for in the future. You exactly. have never, you never, you never know. Yeah. You know, lunchtimes are important. You don't but, meet, like you mm. learn all of these cultural traits. So all of those are the things I learned, which allowed me to then in, in digest those and, you know, was allowing people to see me and that contributed to me being promoted to direct. And is that what you meant earlier by being strategic? Like yeah. having Correct. those conversations in Correct. the lift, like going to, um, having meetings during lunch break and going to people and talking mm. to people. Is that what you meant? Uh, yeah. And I think there's other things that I, I did like within certain companies, I don't know if you've had these, these, your companies are similar, but within global firms, you don't just have one role for the time you're there. You can yeah. always network to yeah. find another role. Mm -hmm. So it feels like you, you, you've been in the same position, but it feels like we've had multiple jobs within yeah. the same company. And to get those next roles, you have to kind of network and yeah. be strategic. Yeah. And things that I've done before is I go in our, I go online in our company directory and I look at, you know, where certain people are. Yeah. So for example, if I want to move to work in wealth management area i'll go and find who's the boss of that area and what i do is i send them an email i send my cv and say um oh, I'm, I'm just interested in finding out more about your role would you mm. like to go for a coffee with me or can i go mm. for a coffee with yeah, you yeah so i do those things you know again it takes me out of my comfort zone what's the worst that can happen they say no they say no that's the worst thing you know but that's it's, it. it's, it's so it's daunting though to even do, especially for a young person a young I don't want to put it on sex but mm. it's something you always feel a little bit more intimidated yeah yeah so but i think I don't, to be honest, I wouldn't have thought of doing that, but yeah. doing it with your CV and probably makes it easier. Cause I can imagine as a woman emailing people just saying, I want to take, if it's a man, oh, I want to take you I to coffee or that. should we meet okay. up? That could sound a bit different, but doing it with your CV and doing it with career in mind, it actually sounds like yeah. something to do, but something I wouldn't have thought of. So, so what was your timeline of your achievement from an analyst to where you are now? Like, So it's been about eight years. Um, so I joined UBS internally. Well, I joined UBS as a consultant working for Accenture in, tw in 2010. Mm. I moved internally in 2011 and I got promoted in 2015. Mm. I think, yeah. And I spent three to four years working in Switzerland. Um, I came back. Um, I, I, I came back for one reason in particular. I managed to get my company to sponsor my executive MBA at University of Oxford. Oh, so I did that and then came back um, to study that and finish. I, I graduated early this year. Congratulations. Um, so <laughs> timeline wise, it's taken a period of about eight years. Has it felt that long? No. I, bet that's, I have no idea where by. the time has gone. Yeah. To no all these people idea. that think it happens overnight. <laughs> exactly. it, it doesn't. But I feel like when people hear eight years, they think, oh my God, that's forever. But really, no, it flies by. It flies. Look at this year. Yeah, exactly. This year, I can't believe when it's September. September. It's ridiculous. So what do you think is the most significant barrier to leadership? Um, I think... Well, female leadership, I would say. I think there's two things. I think the first one is sometimes we're our own barriers. Mm. So sometimes we're not comfortable with doing the uncomfortable. Yeah. So we are, yeah. you know, putting barriers and limitations on ourselves. So... You, you might have that email ready to send to that person to say, would you like, can I go for a coffee with you? But you don't send it. Yeah. That's your own, you're, you're, you're putting a barrier on yourself. And the second thing is, I think another barrier is that there's just not enough that it, in, outside of my company, because my company has actually done an amazing job in terms of having female leaders. Yeah. But generally there's not enough to be able to see them or visible women in senior positions yeah. where people can say, I can attain to, to that. Yeah. So I think a barrier is a barrier in the sense that it's, it's not, I mean, sounds silly. Sorry. We're having a bit of a debate, but if someone <laughs> doesn't leave a door open for you, how can someone else pass through that? Door? Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I feel like someone has to have had that door open yeah. in order to, to let other people come through. And you spoke earlier about, we spoke briefly about the glass ceiling situation and people not, seeing themselves in high positions did you see yourself becoming a director of I, your bank? I didn't I yeah. honestly didn't it sounds strange I know everyone you know there's this concept that everyone has which is 
you know, you dream something, you believe something, you achieve it, yeah. or you, you know, you conceive it and you achieve it. Um, I don't know why. I, 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 I fought for it. I yeah. definitely fought for it. But when I joined UBS, that wasn't my intention. Mm. My intention was to become an entrepreneur, like one hundred percent entrepreneur. Yeah, you know, it wasn't my intention. Wasn't that at all? It mm. wasn't, um, you know, to become a corporate. Um, leader so to say that wasn't going back slightly this what you do now is like what you wanted to do when you were studying when you were younger um I was thinking about this the other day so I do work in the digital space um and the IT space which ultimately is the place to be nowadays everyone's fighting to be yeah, in that, yeah. that area yeah. when I um when I was at I can I can trace this back to school days when I was at school my mum worked for BT so we mm-hmm. were one of the early families that really had like a computer, a desktop in our house. Yeah. And I always like used to go home and play with word art and do all of that. Yeah. <laughs> and then like after school and some people are not going to know, some people are too young to even know about this. But, <laughs> we like, do. <laughs> yeah. But then, yeah, I remember that box yes, machine yes. on the, de- it had a uh, dedicated desk. desk. Yeah. And then desk had a slide out keyboard. Yeah. And so I used to go home and do that. And then, that was school. So school, I studied IT. College, I then went on to do A-level IT. Uni, I then studied IT. Okay. You know, okay. so I took that whole, that whole route. Yeah, yeah. But thinking that the future was going to be IT and, and how it, it right is. was I at the time. So yeah. In your journey, did you come across any obstacles where you thought, you know what, I can't do this and I, 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 I need to get out um, or oh, I need to change? Definitely. It happens all the time. I mean... There's, I, I could have even pinpointed that last year. You know, there's always times in my life when I feel like um, there's obstacles, and some of those obstacles are actually just self-inflicted obstacles. Mm. Um, and one, and some of them are not. So one obstacle that I have or face every day is I'm dyslexic. Oh. Um, and with that, when thank I you for s- sharing that because yeah, some people don't. Some people wouldn't. Yeah. Well, it's taken me a while to to be able to do that publicly, but um, one of the reasons why it's it. When you start in a project management type field, one of the roles that are one of the worst roles is when you are the person being asked to do minutes in a meeting. Mm. And when I'm yep. being asked to do minutes and you're dyslexic, you're like, why? You don't even tell anyone you're dyslexic. Yeah. But you've got to write minutes of a meeting. Remember those things, write it accurately. And I'm like, I don't like. So there's been times when I've wanted to give up because they've given me roles that I just wasn't capable of doing. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but yeah. there's, there's been several times. And how do you overcome them? You have to be open with what your 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 weaknesses are. So um, it wasn't actually until a few years ago where I actually told my boss, look, I'm, and companies nowadays cannot, you know... Dismiss you. Exactly. Or, yeah, no. And so I, I put it out there and say I'm dyslexic. And he made sure that he put the right things in place. You know, there were so many things that he was able to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, which meant that I didn't have to do those jobs like right in minutes, which I felt over the middle about. Yeah, because they're so, annoying. This, do you wish that you spoke about it earlier? Yeah. In, within your company? Yeah, and I think I, I encourage anyone now to, if they feel like, and I feel like nine, actually there's a statistic that like nine out of 10 people suffer from some uh, form of dyslexia yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. so it's such a high statistic that you know everyone's gonna have a little bit of it some form like some form or another but um i share i share it and encourage people to to make it clear because it will allow people to focus on your strengths yeah, yeah. um and also give you a chance to um to 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 work on 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 where you find there's limitations yeah there's actually a movie coming out i think kevin hart's in it and he's dyslexic i think it's called night school or something oh, like that yeah, i've heard of that yeah tiffany haddish yes yeah yeah. So, yeah i think people well i think nowadays people realize how common it is but like you said it's a very very common mm-hmm. thing there's a lot of people out there that are dyslexic so what are some of the strategies that can help women achieve a more prominent role in an organization um, I think we touched on some of those before. But yeah. I think it's, I hate saying it, but it is playing the game. I yeah. know there shouldn't be a game to play, but it is, um, it's, it's, it's finding, um, A, not seeing yourself as a woman, but seeing yourself as, you know, we are, we are doing the same job. I'm doing the same job as a man. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are, we are equals. Um, the strategies that I've employed have been, 
you know, not leaving myself in the back and putting myself out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, um, for example, the exact same one that I mentioned where I've sent emails to people just wanted to ask about, you know, what's their role? Can you, sh- can you share more information about, about how you got to where you are? So I've done, I've done that a few times. Um, I think also educating yourself, keeping yourself up to date and educated. Yeah, I think is important. Did you do mini courses that throughout your career, throughout your eight years? Yeah, so I've done project management courses. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done small courses because they're available within the company that I work for, um, and I then decided to do an MBA as well. Um, so in business to to get me skilled up in that side, um, and I'm a big believer that. You know, education is the 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 ultimate asset. Is an asset that yeah. is always yeah. going to appreciate. Um, so I You're never I, too old to learn. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm a big believer in that space. Um, so strategies. I think again, it's it's understanding your environment. It's um, and and using that environment to your advantage. Yeah. And to be honest, that's for anybody, not just yeah. women, just yeah. anybody. So, what woman would you say inspires you, and why? Um, so I'm the kind of person, I'm not so much a follower of celebs and things like that. So the one person, it sounds cliche, but it is my mum. Mm, and that is, you know, it's not from a possession perspective that she is a corporate giant. She does, she's a personal assistant. That's her job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is she left Ghana at a young age, well, 20. Well, not young, but 28 or so. Um, she came to the UK. She started doing domestic work. Mm. She built up her, her, you know, her life. And um, for her to do what she has done for her three, her three children, who all of us now are doing pretty okay. I'm just inspired. Bloody well, mate. More than okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're uh, way too modest. Yeah, but she's done well. And then, like... I'm like, on what, it sounds silly, but even on her income, which is a pretty, is like average average income. Mm, mm. How is it that she's managed to build a house in Ghana? How is it she's managed to do so much? Like, Mm. I I don't even understand it. Yeah. So she's the one that inspires me. Yeah. (laughs) You mentioned earlier that you managed to get your workplace to pay for your MBA. Mm -hmm. Um, How do you make sure your voice is heard? So that one was strategic. Okay. It was super strategic. <laughs> Tell us. that one. Tell us so one. when when I about two years, it was always my dream to do an MBA. Mm. Um, it was almost always my my dream was actually to go to Harvard. Um, I really wanted to go to Harvard. Um, and I always every time I entered when I entered into UBS, I said, like my dream, I need somehow to get an MBA yeah. through this. Um, so I always had that and every day for a lot of companies, you always have to write your objectives and yeah. I always used to, and I'm a big believer in writing down the vision and making it plain. Mm. And I always used to write in my objectives. I want to do an MBA. I want to do an MBA. I want to do an MBA. Um, now the reason why I was strategic is because, um, I happened to be nominated and was awarded, um, the black British business award in mm. 2014 or so. Thank you. <laughs> and it just so happened that my boss told his boss, who was basically one of the, the s- s- absolute senior leaders of the bank. Yeah. Um, and he congratulated me and said, I would love to mentor you. Oh, wow. Um, and it was through me being mentored by one of these guys at, at the bank that I made it clear to him that I wanted to do an MBA. Um, And I just kept using that as the conduit for getting the support I needed. Um, And I kept every year, every year was just banging on it, banging on it. And what I did all of a sudden, I just thought, I'm going to apply. I'm not going to wait around for you guys. I'm going to apply. Um, And just is a whole testimony in in how I even got in. I mean, I, I couldn't do Harvard. So I thought, what's the next best thing? Oxford. You know, mm. and Harvard, that's because they only did the one year full time program. But I wasn't okay. able to leave my job. So, what Oxford had a part time program where you can actually go and study and work at the same yeah. time. Yeah, okay. And so I did that. So I applied. Uh, by the grace of God, I got in. And then I went, to, I went back to work and said, Look, I got in. You're going to sponsor me now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just <laughs> like that. <laughs> Initially, they were going to, so that course cost 
now I think it costs about £80,000. Wow. And on top of that, you pay for your accommodation and all of that. So I think net net is probably about a hundred grand you're spending on the course. Yikes. Wow. UBS offered me ten thousand pounds. <laughs> Initially, mm. I was like, what? what are you talking about? What's that going to do? Exactly. And surely they must know how much they, it costs. They knew. That's probably yeah, just to step knew. my foot in there yeah, and walk back exactly. out. Exactly. <laughs> so they are four, a four, a four, and they managed to get pretty much the full amount of money. Excellent. And they've never really sponsored anyone. <gasps> I was like, only by the grace of God. God. Well, they obviously so, saw the, the potential. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's a testament to you. Definitely. And the work you do. Oh, you thank God. Mm. Um, what's an accomplishment at work you're most proud of? Um, I think one of the things that I've been most proud of is one of the um, projects that I was running, which was a, a $50 million um, dollar project. Um, it was Swiss franc, but Swiss francs is um, pretty much net net against the dollar so it's about 50 million dollar project that I was running I was 26 at the time or 26 or 27 I was managing a team of about 30 plus and they were situated all across the globe as well as all of them pretty much being all older than me and majorly men as well Mm. so for me I was able to deliver that I was able to you know take it from inception through to completion and for me I was most proud of that just because of the 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 context of it yeah so before the um complexities of the actual project did you face issues with the fact that you were leading men were there any other black people that you were leading at at the time so I feel like again I've been in this bank for a long time but credit to the bank because coming back from Switzerland I've seen a big shift in diversity Mm. a humongous shift but when I was leading that project I was the one of two females oh, wow. I was the youngest and I was the only black person on the project oh wow okay so um you know it was at the time again I just used it for my advantage I used it to my advantage I was like you know I, I want to be seen as an equal here you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make it seem as if um I'm inferior or anything so I just use it to my advantage yeah but um to your point yeah, I was. There was no other black people around. I yeah. remember the time when I was on the floor of about two hundred plus people, and I was still the only black person on the floor. That's crazy. And now you will never find that. Yeah, it's yeah. Changed it's completely. changed so much, which is which is really good. I mean, it shouldn't be like that in the yeah. first place. But the fact we have changed is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've talked about corporate world and work quite a lot, <laughs> yeah. but we did mention that you. Well, you mentioned yeah. that you are quite an entrepreneur of more than one business. Do you want to so, just remind the, the listeners of what? your businesses are again and what you do uh so the first thing i do is i run a um national competition called university gospel choir of the year it's kind of like an x factor meets choirs type setup Mm -hmm. if anyone remembers sister act and that movie (laughs) it's basically that you know so it's where university choirs come together and compete on a national scale um and out of that um led me to start up a talent agency so we have Um, a number of singers on our books um, and we supply um, singers and backing vocalists and backing choirs to shows like um, TV shows like X Factor etc we provide them to weddings in fact uh, we're doing the wedding today or my team are at a wedding today Um, we do award shows etc and then that also then led me to start up the tech app Um, obviously the the way that the world is going um, that led me to start up a tech app called Foxster, which I managed to raise a six-figure um, amount of money for to launch. Um, so that <laughs> we're going to get into that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, those are the three core things that I'm doing. There's an additional one coming up, which I'm very excited about, but it's going to be launched at Christmas. It's oh, completely wow, different. Fantastic. It's um, yeah. So how and why did you um, choose to become an entrepreneur? Do you know what? It sounds silly, and I know you've got this question coming, but I actually don't see myself as an entrepreneur. So what do you How see yourself you as? <laughs> <laughs> right. right. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, don't see, I just don't see that. I just see myself as someone doing something that I love doing. Yeah. And someone who's just, yeah. I don't like to put titles on things. Yeah. How did you even pick the ideas? Those are exactly. I didn't pick them. They were all dropped in my spirit. Oh, no word I of a lie. I love that. <laughs> and you know, I love, I love the fact that you've gone from banking and done so well there, still doing that. And then you've taken it to music, media, yeah. 
Because I feel like, again, growing up as young black people, you can't cross you can't, over. Yeah, you can't cross over and you can't tell your parents that you're doing anything music. Oh <laughs> man, that was a whole other situation. Please tell us. Yeah, yes, that, yes, that one, when I started University Gospel Choir of the Year, my mum, the map, because I spent, again, this has come down to finance as well, I spent a lot of my own finances trying to get it set up. Mm. Um, and my mum used to like, she was like, why are you spending money on this? You can buy a house with this by now, mm. and, you know. So she didn't see the benefit of it. Yeah. Especially yeah. we're going to tell African parent that you want to go and do music. Mm. Music. Mm. Do events. Mm. <laughs> no. It's, it's a no, no. no. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. That's not a career. And now she comes first row on my event. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you build the money to start all of these? Mm-hmm. So University Gospel Choir of the Year was the first. And I, I'm not going to, you know, stand here and preach or anything like that. But all of this has literally come by faith. Mm. Um <laughs> UGCY, which is short for University Gospel Choir of the Year. Um, that one, I actually, well, faith and strategy, <laughs> faith and works. Um, that one, I actually applied for sponsorship in my first year um, and I reached out to the two companies that I was working for, Accenture and UBS. Oh, mm-hmm. Again, I was being strategic, yeah. you know. I'm not going to run off with their money because I work for them. Yeah, yeah. You and know, they know you. Exactly. Yeah. So I managed to raise almost 20 grand from both of those companies. Um, to start University Gospel Choir of the Year. That that helps significantly. How do you define your brand or who you are? And your I brands? Think, yeah, I think it comes back to the point, right? I don't see myself as an entrepreneur. Um, I just see me doing something that I'm passionate about and the business kind of found me in a way. Yeah. Mm. Um, I didn't pick to be an entrepreneur, in fact, but I see, see myself doing so many different things. My finger is in so many different pies. Mm. Yeah. Like, um, last week I ran a property show or a property event I do so many different things Yeah. Um, but I feel like it goes back to my late uncle who reminds me of if you guys remember um, Only Fools and Horses um, yeah. Del Boy yeah. my uncle is Del Boy he can every week he's on a different business yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know if you remember there was like these things where you get a coin and you have to get that coin uh, it's like it's like a coin and it's like some kind of network marketing involved and you pass that coin and it's just, I don't know. He used to always do these just like <laughs> yes. random businesses. And I feel like I got a lot of that inspiration from, from him. him. Yeah. Um, so. So, so with all the, your hands in all these little pots and your businesses and you working, well, part-time now, how do you manage your finances? Yeah. What is the key things you do to... To budget or if you do budget I, I can't sit here and say I'm the best when it comes to finances at all um one of the people that I use and again I, I appreciate your disclaimer but I often call up Francis and Frank and <laughs> yeah say, yeah can you help me please and I remember when he used to Yours write truly do, yeah <laughs> <laughs> he used to do spreadsheets for me <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like this is I'm talking like years back um and then you also help me with investment strategies and you know and and to these days those investment strategies have helped me again there's a disclaimer you can't always take everything but yeah those investment strategies where to put my money they've really really helped me um so managing the finances um one strategy that i always when people ask me i do four things the first thing i do when i get money is i give some the Mm. second thing i do is i invest some the third thing i do is i save some and the fourth thing i do is then spend some so I do it in that order. So I okay. give, invest, mm-hmm. save, and then I spend. Mm. Uh, so giving, I do my tithes. I do my offerings. Um, I I sponsor children. Um, I invest. So I put it in, you know, cash um, tax efficient cash, ISAs, stocks and shares, mm-hmm. etc. I then save some. I then save 10% of my income. Um, and then I spend some. But sometimes that, sometimes the proportion of spending goes out. Bit, <laughs> yeah. You know. But then so. you can just make it up for it the next month. Yeah. But but those four things I think are, are key for anyone, you know, in that order. I feel like people are gonna be writing that down. It's it's powerful to be able to give some first, invest it, spend, and then spend. So uh, give, invest, save, spend. spend. So before you got into your many roles, so each of them, whether it's the corporate world or your entrepreneur roles, was there any mentors that you could speak to? Um, again, this was a bit of a funny one for me in particular because I've never really, really had a core mentor. Mm. Um, I've had various people that inspire me. I've had various people that I can go for coffee with. 
but I've never had or through the journey one entire mentor. I have a mentor now. Um, very, very lucky to have um, a gentleman by the name of Lord Michael Hastings, who is the global head of corporate citizenship for KPMG, as well as a member of the House of Lords. Um, and he is absolutely phenomenal. He actually mentors a lot of men. Um, mm. And I happen to be one of the lucky few women that he mentors. Oh, excellent. Um, but through the, through the entire journey, I've never really had a mentor. I've always searched for one, but mm. I've never had one that, I've never found one that in particular understands where I'm coming from because I do so many different things. Yeah. Mm. Um, Maybe that's my own fault, but um, I know everyone's on the lookout for mentors. I think the most important thing is find people that you can network with and and be inspired by. Um, But yeah. Are you a mentor to anyone? Um, (laughs) Trying to be a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. At the beginning of this year, I've had about no less than 20 to 30 people contact me to ask for mentorship. I think you'd be a very Um, good one. Yeah. Um, um, I'm trying um, <laughs> It's fitting it in <laughs> Yeah And I, I don't like to it, it sounds silly Like for example I was asked to be a godmother this year To another child And I actually had to turn it down And the reason why I turned it down Is because if I feel like I can't give you 100% yeah. I yeah. don't want to be a bad godmother Yeah yeah, yeah. You know So that. On the mentorship side It's very similar to that If I don't feel I can give you 100% I don't know if I can take it up And, yeah. and do it yeah. for you And that's the only reason why and the ultimate reason I have is because I don't personally feel like I'm there yet. I don't feel like I can give you what. Yeah. Because but how am I still hustling and and I'm not there yet to be able to give you. But I think. But you've been through a lot. Yeah. In the last the eight, eight, ten have. years, the experience you have is you can't put time on it. Is it time? Mm. Or is it money? I hear you. I don't know what to say. But I think even <laughs> like some of the gems you've dropped today, I feel like even having a conversation with people. So, like you said, networking yeah. is important. I feel like somebody would have a conversation with you and walk away with a couple of new things they want to work on. Mm. So maybe it's not consistent mentoring, but I think if people have a chance, like you said, networking is so important. Yeah. If somebody has a chance to just literally have a ten minute chat with you after an event, they might walk away with a mindset they didn't have before. Oh, most so. definitely. I always do that. So I've had people that have turned around to me and said they've gone to one lady. Uh, two weeks ago messaged me to say she's got into Oxford because she came to an event that I spoke at Fantastic. And, you know so I go. see those things um, happening and I just want to be the best possible mentor to someone yeah, yeah and that's the reason why well I'm trying I'm trying and I would love to do it I would love to mentor just want to be the best one so we spoke about your biggest achievement within your corporate side of work but what has been your biggest within your entrepreneurial side even um, though you don't call it that <laughs> yeah earlier this year um in february i was invited by the queen um, i saw that picture to <laughs> buckingham palace that for me was the biggest um for me because it just recognized the achievements in for university gospel choir of the year um, so that for me has been my biggest achievement today. Okay. I feel like the way she just obviously you guys can't see her, right? Calm, but the way man. she's sitting here, just calm, just like, yeah, you know, just did that. Nowhere I, near where I need to be. <laughs> but you know, I think that's the best mentality yeah. to have. It I've really got a is. question though. What is the best and worst financial deci- decision you've ever made? <laughs> I feel like that's important for entrepreneurs because they need to Oh wow. Okay. How do we break this one down? Don't worry, we've got time. We've, <laughs> we've got, got time. time. <laughs> How do we break this down? Is it from a, is it general or is it specifically for entrepreneurial activities? I want to give if you can give both. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Oh, general um, best financial decisions I've made. Um, the reason why I am able to set up and do a little bit of extra stuff is because I managed to get by the grace of God a property earlier on, so I was able to mm. refinance and you know be able to take out certain equity to allow me to do other things. Okay. Um, so that was good decisions. Um, I also, as I keep going back, Francis, um, I used him a lot in a lot of advice. Um, so I was able to understand where to put my money into ISAs so the only reason again I was actually managed to buy a house initially one of the reasons again disclaimer here but was because of Frank <laughs> so uh, he helped he's gonna be so happy when he's, he's so gassed he is he probably like 20 20 30 I can't even remember the years now but he sat me down and we opened up together a um he helped me to open up like an ISA uh, stocks and shares ISA you know and it was performing pretty well which allowed me to then build up my mm-hmm. capital 
um, as well. Um, again, making that decision to move out to Switzerland helped me significantly mm. uh, because the company were able to pay for a year of my accommodation mm. and allow me to save money again. So those were good financial decisions. Sorry, quickly. How long was you in um, Germany for? I was in Switzerland. Switzerland, um, sorry for three to about three and a half years okay um but the first year they paid for my accommodation okay then um the the, the, the worst financial decisions you don't want to say <laughs> it's i'm a i'm a again this is very bad and um i'm i'm not very good i haven't been known to be good for living within my means which is quite mm. bad um <laughs> i think a lot of people struggle with yeah. that yeah yeah and secondly, I'm the worst person when it comes to shopping for clothes and stuff. Mm. I still have clothes, clothes in my with wardrobe with the tags from, you know, 2013. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, it's just, these are bad, bad, bad decisions. Um, I don't know if that answers your question. But yeah, it, it does. does. It definitely it does, does because we spoke about it. When we went to the WCA event, yeah. we spoke about that just spending and just wasting money and yeah. a lot of people could relate so it's terrible yeah. i kind of struggle when it comes to food mm-hmm. i'm a big foodie mm-hmm. okay. like i'll say oh i can't spend these times i'm spending t- i spent like 16 pounds yesterday on lunch who spends 16, 16 pounds on lunch? Pounds me on that, lunch. that buys lunch every day but i was like no nah, man i'm treating yeah. myself and i don't i don't know my limits when it comes to treating myself to food <laughs> so <laughs> that is I my weakness that. i think it's the emotional attachment to food you feel like you need it yeah what are one of the biggest obstacles you've had to overcome during your journey? And what would you do different now if you could go back and start again? I think that comes back to the dyslexia question. Mm. So the obstacle has been suffering in silence yeah. with dyslexia. Um, and in hindsight, I would have been a bit more open with it. Um, yeah. But I don't think, you know, five, six, seven years ago, people were open enough to be able Probably to not, no. have those conversations. Um, so that's, that's I would say, has been one of significant barriers or obstacles um has there been other obstacles um mm, not, not really not that's really. good you had god on your side yeah Amen. so as this is a finance podcast what financial tips would you give to women trying to climb the ladder or start their own business um yeah okay so i i would i think there's several several different things so for each one of my businesses um we started them very differently. Okay. So University Gospel Choir of the Year started based on sponsorship. Mm. So we were able to pull together a proposal. So I think the best thing for anyone that wants to, um, let, let's focus on the entrepreneurial side for the moment. Yeah. For anyone that wants to start up um, almost like an event type business, um, which is what University Gospel Choir of the Year was, we came up with a proposal and we started knocking on doors for potential sponsors. So we looked at people in terms of how they can align their brand to ours and what we can give them. Mm. And we 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 launched based on sponsorship. Um, so that helped us significantly. Um, in the second business, that was only because we would got a name for ourselves in the University of Gospel Choir of the Year. So we've yeah. never had to get any investment. Mm. We've never got any loans for the company. Um, so it started off just because we started generating revenue from, um, you know, hiring out choirs and singers. Um, now on Voxter, which is this new startup that I'm working on, we managed to raise, um, a six figure sum for, of investment. So if anyone's keen on starting a business, and I think the world, the, the way, um, things are now, there are, um, tax efficient investment strategies that people can employ yeah mm. um there are schemes like eis and seis yes i think we've um, talked about that in one of our previous episodes yeah, yeah i think available to a lot of entrepreneurs yeah and so i think it, we're living in a, such a favorable environment right now for low interest rate loans as well as um, investments so i think for for me i think it's key if anyone that wants to, a female that wants to get into business um educate yourself and he- head to like startup events yeah. um there's so many um i can also re- I recommend following um a um group you? called <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> new business <laughs> um, well yeah you can follow me it's lorraine right <laughs> um you um there's a uh, uh online forum or startup community called ysys mm-hmm. which is your startup your so your story your startup um you'll always find events through them um and just really understanding the startup landscape because you can start to learn how do you get investment um, 
how do you structure your business to be able to be ready for investment yeah so that's that's pretty key so that's how i would advise in terms of building up um the relevant capital um you can also put your own money into it as well um and i've done that for when we initially started up foxstar before we got investment we all put some of our own money in there um yeah, I, I don't know. Does that answer your question? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Um, are there any? So, do you have like we've asked for three tools? So, apps, books, podcasts, etc. That you'd recommend to anyone trying to start their own business? Um, so, podcast, of course, this one. Um, <laughs> um, I think there's startup online startup communities are great, absolutely fantastic. So, I can I can't recommend YSYS highly enough um they're a great one to get involved and engaged in um so you find out you know what are the start some of the startup events coming up yeah. um so i think engage yourself in a startup community i think that's 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 pretty key yeah. um then engage yourself in a um in in just attending like networking events yeah um i think that's for me key even if you don't have a business idea there's there's a uh, I can't remember what it's called. Um, there's an incubator or an accelerator which is focused on entrepreneurs that don't necessarily have an idea, oh, okay. but looks at you in terms of your abilities and then maps you to another person, and then you guys use that accelerator as a way of coming up with an idea. Okay. So I know there's so many people out there who want to be entrepreneurs but they don't have an idea. Don't fret. There are you mm. know many communities that allow you to to nurture um, your skills through other ways. Um, and then lastly, there's a book that I'd recommend called Venture Deals. Uh, Venture Deals helps you to um, come up with a pitch deck um, to prepare for investment okay. as well. So I think those would be the three things I would recommend. Or the three, I know there's tons and tons of things out there, YouTube channels, podcasts, yeah. books. I can't say I've used all of them. I've just followed people that I've been inspired by and asked them what they did. Do you, you know, you mentioned people wanting to be entrepreneurs, but not having the idea. Do you feel like you love everything that you've started and that you're currently working on? Mm. And do you feel like it's easier to love what you're going to do before working in it rather than somebody else bringing an idea to you and then you start in that way? I think that's easy for me to say yes, but I don't do everything by myself. Yeah. And so if you ask that question to the people that work with me, None on those three things, I my core things, not, I was the one that came up with the idea. Yeah, yeah. But University Gospel High of the Year has only been successful because of the people that work with me. Yeah. So they've believed in the vision and the dream that I've had. Yeah. With UV Talent, my the, my co-founders and directors, again, I was the only one that came, I came up with the idea, yeah. but they are the ones that brought it to life. Okay. Um, with Rockstar, again, my co-founders, I'm the one that came up with the idea, but they have made it happen in reality. Yeah. So I think it's you can you can be the person with an idea, but you could always you can always look at the um you could always I don't know you could always be part of something great if you always believe also believe in yeah that person's dream in a way I mean you could look at the Apple story Apple's a trillion dollar business and Steve Jobs isn't around yeah you know? yeah so um it took people to believe in that vision and, and make it reality okay. yeah, that's a nice way of looking at it yes. Did you any start any start any businesses that didn't take, or take, take yeah, off? Yeah, didn't take off, and you just had to let go. And that's a good question. One thing that I've been a sucker of doing is I always register domain names as soon as I have an idea. Mm. Oh wow! I'm yeah. the person that just goes in and registers. I haven't formally started anything and it not been successful yet, but I have an idea. Like for example, I registered in 2010, and I still have the <laughs> domain name pitchforajob.com and the idea that I had back then was oh CVs are not going to be around so rather put yourself in front of an employee and pitch for that job like on through a a, a, you've got it back or something like that and we have that now you got it now and I registered those stuff in like 20 like 20 uh, 2009 you know so I always have ideas yeah yeah but I never they never so we start them like we start the conversations and I work with people um another one that I have with a friend that actually to answer your question there's been a a few that we've kind of (laughs) spoken about we've registered the domain name um but we never kind of got it off the mark Mm. there's there's I can say there's tens and tens yeah yeah you're very business-minded was this always installed for you at a young age 
No, not really. Um, my by seeing probably my uncle who was just a bit of a wheeler dealer. Yeah. Um, I saw that a bit. And just being I just I don't know. I just have the motivation to do things. I'm an executor. I just like to do stuff. <laughs> so we know with starting your own business, as much as it's great once it's going well and everything's settled, there's always some downfalls or some sacrifices. What's the biggest sacrifice that you've had to make to be able to get this far in your career? Um um okay (laughs) going personal um so i'm still single and um one of the sacrifices i make when i went to this isn't to say that no one should come around me i'm gonna say now when this goes out we'll put we'll put our email address in um i remember when i went to do my mba i was seeing someone at the time but like I thought I, I called it off um, like when I was starting the course so that I could focus. <laughs> Just, yeah, time. Yeah, you know, so I, I sacrificed that. Yeah. Um, but I think it was the right decision to do at the time anyway. Mm. Um, I sacrificed obviously moving out to a different country. Um, so being away from friends, family um, for quite a substantial amount of time um, to to understand a different culture and, and do something else um so i sacrificed that um and i sacrifice normally day-to-day uh fun in a way um yeah. so i i don't know how do you go out i can know? imagine because you I do so much out. yeah i sacrifice sleep um yeah these are things i sacrifice also things that people love to do <laughs> nah, nah, i'd love to do sleep you yes. tell me i can't sleep i'll be like what oh, oh, even yeah. even socializing having a partner yeah but i think there's a lot of people that would say a lot of people in your position that would say that to get that far you do have to sacrifice these things and i think more women have to sacrifice those things more than men do you think yeah because i definitely think we've had the... this discussion when we were talking about um um women and kids well people having yeah, kids yeah yeah done that episode and my friend was saying how much she had to sacrifice. And I think she had to sacrifice more than her dad did. Yeah, yeah. Because she's the predominant person in the child's life. Yeah. But I think you always, you know, you meet guys and they say, okay, I don't want to get into a relationship until I've got things Set, where they need yeah. to be. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you hear yeah. that all the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah, but I think guys oh are studying as well. If they know gosh. they're going to be studying hard, they're not going to have time because they think girls are so demanding, blah, blah, blah. So um, I think it's the same kind of thing. Hearing that, I think guys will, can relate mm-hmm. to that. Mm, okay we're gonna round up this one but yeah we are gonna have another special for you next week where we're just gonna have a bit more of just a conversation about women and finances and why it's important to just basically have your shit together Mm yeah but um before we go lorraine is there any social media or contacts or anything that you want to plug anyone think you want people to sign up to or anything like that uh follow ugcy which is at ugcy follow voxter which is at voxter follow uv talent which is at uv talent that's uniform victor talent <laughs> um and then i am what am i i'm l rain underscore hw which is l r a i n underscore hw so yeah you can f- find me you can google me lorraine Wright. And yeah. And we're gonna put all of that information in the show notes anyway. But I have been Sam on Twitter. I don't really tweet. Instagram S A W M A underscore X X. And Kalisha. You can you can follow me at Making Sense PC on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, Making Sense PC and send us an email info at making sense podcast.com. Yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And tune in again next week to hear more of Lorraine. See ya. Bye. Bye.